0: and the community from main street to the world we welcome you to join us now for anointed music and the word of god
1: give the lord praise remain standing with me for the ring of the word that's recorded in the book of first timothy chapter number 1 and we're going to begin reading at verse number 11 first timothy chapter 1 And we shall begin reading at verse number 11. When you have it, say amen. First Timothy chapter 1 and verse 11. According to the glorious gospel of the blessed God which was committed to my trust. And I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who hath enabled me for that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. Who was before a blasphemer and a persecutor and injurious, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love which is in Christ Jesus. Before you take your seat, tell at least three people Jesus believes in you. Jesus believes in you. You can be seated. Our... Relationship with Jesus Christ is based on the concept of faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please Him. It takes faith to connect us with Jesus. We testify on a regular basis. About our relationship. If I asked some of you. You would tell me that. I talk to Jesus. And he talks to me. And you've got to be careful. Where you say that. Because if you tell folk. That you're talking to somebody. That's not there. Come on somebody. And somebody you can't see. They they may send some people. To evaluate you. And so you have to be very clear that I'm able to talk to him because of faith. I'm able to hear from him because of faith. And everything about my relationship with God is based in faith. I know him by faith. I communicate with him by faith. And in fact, without faith, There is no relationship with Jesus Christ. Jesus said this in St. John chapter 8 and verse 24 that if you do not believe that I am he you will die in your sins. And so the only way that I'm going to live is I gotta believe. Faith is the basis of that relationship. Um How many of us here claim the infilling of the Holy Ghost? Hallelujah. Well, even the Holy Ghost is accessed by faith. I I, I don't want to upset you, but I'm going to just break up your theology. You did not receive the Holy Ghost because you said hallelujah fast enough. Come on, here's somebody. Or Jesus, 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 Jesus. or Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. In fact, it was when you got tired of saying all of that and decided to open your heart to receive that the Lord baptized you with the Holy Ghost because his word says, he that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water." When when you got tired of everything else and just said, Lord, I'm believing you for this Holy Ghost, that's when he baptized you in the Holy Ghost. But in addition to understanding my need to believe in Jesus Christ, I have recently been reminded that Jesus Christ believes in me. Come on, somebody. Just tell somebody, the Lord believes in you. Y'all saying that so passively. Look at them again and say, the Lord believes in you. It's going to make sense in a minute. Y'all just hang on. And, and, and I'm sharing this because, as you know, I've been preaching about the church. And and if there's something that the church has to um, re-inject into the mind of Of the congregation, it is that to be in the church, there are expectations. And and I'm gonna say this to you that I think one of the fundamental problems of the church right now is that the church, in an attempt to gather bodies, has begun to lower expectations. Come on here, somebody. And and, and there, there was a time when. You, you, you didn't even go to church if you thought about doing wrong. Come on, somebody. You'd even say, you know what, my mind ain't right, so I ain't going. Because if I go up in there and my mind ain't right, Something going to get me. Come on, somebody. So I need to step in there right. And, 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 and that's not biblical either. But, but the mentality was that the church was a place of high expectations. That, that was so high that I understood that to be in the church, I had to be willing to meet expectations. But but now and, and all across America, all around the world, people are walking away from the concept of church, and so the church is responding by saying, "You know what? If we lower expectations, hallelujah, then maybe people will come to the church." As if the church is Walmart, and if people aren't coming to my Walmart, I lower my prices. But guess what? I'm not the owner of the church. If I own Walmart, I could lower the prices. But if I just work in Walmart, I can't lower no prices. I'm not the owner of the church. Y'all ain't following this. So I can't lower expectations. Oh, y'all, if, if, if this was my church, then I would think about, let's let's change this and let's adapt to that. Because maybe if we lower expectations, we'll draw more people. But what is the point of drawing people who when, the, when it's all said and done are going to be lost anyway? way. What's the point in changing what the word says so people will feel more comfortable in their mediocrity? Come on here somebody. Just so we can gather people who will be lost. That's like filling up the waiting room at the airport with people who think they got a ticket to New York. Come on, somebody. And when they get to the counter to get on board, their ticket says Witsit. is a little place right outside of Greensboro. Come on, somebody. Don't know planes come to Whitsitt. But I think I've got a ticket. And you got people, saints, who are sitting in church that think they got a ticket to heaven. Y'all ain't saying nothing but they got a ticket to the church and the church was never designed to be anything other than the vehicle to get you to heaven. And so you can't sit around and be satisfied just sitting up in church and you don't have access to the kingdom of God when the Lord comes for you. So let's talk about expectations. What are the expectations of the church? And I'm going to give you what seems to be, for some of us, a hard one, and that's worship. Jesus said the day is coming when the true worshipers will not necessarily gather in Jerusalem, but God is seeking people that will worship. And, And then he says God is a spirit. Come on here, somebody that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth so god is a spirit so your little patty cake praise just so you won't you'll fit in to the service is really not what god's expecting he needs somebody that really has an affection for him So so my first question is Who in here really loves the Lord? Because people who really love the Lord Don't struggle in their worship Y'all ain't hearing this Oh hallelujah I I know how you feel about him Based upon how you worship him Oh hallelujah Because if you really loved him Nobody would have to tell you What to do to a God That you say that you love But we spend the entire service Clap your hands Oh Open your mouth do something that says you love the Lord why do I have to tell you how to love a God that you say that you love I just need to ask you do you love him do you love him now if you love him worship ought to follow the love now before y'all start clapping clapping ain't worship come on somebody it's an expression of praise but worship is when you offer God the fruit of your lips and some of y'all clap but you never open your mouth how in the name of God can you worship a God that you don't even have the deference to open your mouth and offer him praise you ain't got to yell it but you ought to say something (laughs) So I need the worshipers to offer God the fruit of your lips. Don't clap. I want you to open your mouth. Don't clap, don't clap, don't clap, don't clap. I need you to open your mouth. God hasn't heard from you in days. I need you to open your mouth. I need something to come through between, out of your lips that say, God, I love you, and I appreciate you, and I honor. Oh God, where are the worshipers? You say, well, Bishop, I don't feel good. Sometimes worship is exactly that a sacrifice matter if I had a good day. I still owe him worship. Doesn't matter if it's been a good month. It might have been the hardest month I had, but it's my responsibility to offer him the sacrifice. So I need the folk that have had a hard week, a hard month, a hard year to make the devil a liar right now and offer God worship because that's the trick of the enemy. He's trying to kill your worship, but the devil is is a liar. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Hey, God. Come on, Saints. Offer him worship. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I ain't trying to pump you up, but your worship can change the atmosphere. Oh, God. Because you know what happens in worship, God starts walking in the middle of your worship, and when He starts walking in the middle of your worship, He starts seeing stuff that ain't quite right. Baby, you're sick. Let me heal your body. Baby, you're burdened. Let me lift. Let me lift your burden. Let your troubles let me touch your mind and strengthen you some of you ain't got to ask the Lord for nothing you just got to start worshiping and he'll start fixing while you worship oh God just while you worship just while you worship just while you worship just while you worship Saints worship is a responsibility. It's not a feeling. It's a responsibility. It's not a mood. Y'all ain't saying nothing. It's a responsibility. It's not just if I'm in a good place. It's a responsibility to worship. To worship, to worship, to worship. 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 It's an expectation of Jesus that you would worship him. See, we've made this thing so emotional that our moods dictate our worship. And you got this moody church that if I ain't driving what I want to drive and I ain't living where I want to live, and I ain't eating what I want to eat, then I'll hold God hostage with my worship. First of all, you can't hold him hostage because he got more than you. Y'all ain't saying nothing. The heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament showeth his handiwork. When I start to give him glory, I'm just adding myself to the mountains and the trees and the angelic hosts. But he loves it when it comes from you because you can have an attitude. But when you can shake off your attitude and give God the glory, He loves to hear what comes out of your mouth. Well, the next responsibility is commitment. Touch somebody and say commitment. And commitment is a challenge because we live in a very uncommitted society. And, but you got to have commitment to be in the church. But the problem that we have is that we have become a people of misplaced commitments. And we are more committed to people than to Jesus Christ. And the only danger of being committed to people is that people will fail. How many of us have been devastated because we put our confidence in a person? And even, and some of them didn't mean you well, and I wish sometimes. You would let other people look at the people you call friends. Because sometimes, because I'm not in the middle of the relationship, I can figure out, bruh, that ain't your friend. I know you call them that. I know you think they that. I know they telling you that. But in reality, that ain't your friend. But we call them our friend. And we wrap ourselves around them, and they happen to be in the church. And when that friend shows you who they really are, it not only changes the complexion of your relationship, it changes your commitment to the house of God. And, and, and so what happened? What happened was you made that person God. And so when they showed you their faults, and when they showed you their hangups, you lost your connection with God, because your, and in fact, your connection was never really with God, it was with them. Y'all ain't saying nothing. And so when they messed up, your commitment to ministry messed up. But when you realize, although I love the saints, I don't do what I do for the saints. Come somebody. Because the saints I have looked at for 40 years have changed. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Faces changed. Attitudes changed. Some folk that loved me started to hate me. Some folk that hated me started to love me. And so I would be crazy if I had wrapped myself up in people. But I got wrapped up in Jesus. So it didn't really matter if they came to church or not. I I I love the fact that y'all seem engaged. But if y'all just There and looked at me. I would still be preaching because y'all didn't call me to preach. Jesus called me to preach. Oh, and and the so 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 I'm not. The Bible warns us about being men pleasers. Men pleasers. You don't ask the Lord. How you doing? You ask folk, how you doing? And there are some folk that it can be garbage, but they'll say, you're doing just fine. And then there are folk, it can be gold, and they'll tell you it's garbage. So you don't look for a man's assessment concerning the quality of what you're giving Jesus. Jesus. You look at the word. Y'all ain't saying nothing. And if what I'm doing matches the word, then Jesus is saying, well done. Commitment. Commitment. And trust me, the day has come for a lot of us. And if it hadn't come, it is coming. Where our commitment is about to be tested. Jesus asked Peter a question. He said, Peter, do you love me more than these? He said, yes, Lord. He said, then feed my sheep. He asked him a second time. Peter, do you love me? Listen to me now. More than these. He said, yeah. Feed my lambs. He asked him a third time. And by that time, Peter's saying, Lord, are you really questioning how I feel about you? You know I love you. He said, feed my sheep. To do ministry, you have to love Jesus more. Y'all ain't following this. Then you love the people. That's your serving. Because if you love the people more than you love Jesus you will doctor what you say, y'all ain't saying nothing just to make the people satisfied you know i got no point I know y'all get mad at me at least once a week I get it, I understand it, I've learned to accept it, but it's not my job as your pastor to make you comfortable it's my job to feed you and some of the stuff I got to feed you, you don't like it it's not on your diet it don't taste right, but if you're taking Get in, you'll be able to live. Other expectation and y'all going to get real quiet is lifestyle. Lifestyle. Touch somebody and say I'm not trying to upset you. But if you're going to really please the Lord you're going to have to start living right What is Stinking in the nostrils of God Is praise Coming from people that will not conform to the Word of God and we think just because I make a lot of noise that God will excuse all of the drama that I've been engaged in Monday through Saturday night. Come on, somebody. And as long as I get to church on Sunday morning and I shake and I holler and I scream that that will somehow erase. But I need to remind you that God looks past your praise at your life. Shall abide in the tabernacle? Who shall stand in the holy place? He that have clean hands and a pure heart. Cause there's these deep theologians now that say it don't really matter how you act. God's just looking at your heart. But tell somebody, God wants to get you to wash your hands. Now you might want to feed me, and you might make me a good dinner. You might be a wonderful cook, but trust me, while I'm sitting in your living room, I'm waiting to see, are you going to go to that sink and wash your hands? Come on, hiss! I don't care how good it smells. I need to see you go to that sink, put that liquid on your hands, rub them together, and rub the backs too. Come on, somebody. I need to know, did you wash your hands? And God says, before you bring me this dance, this song, this sermon, I need to know, did you wash your hands? Somebody, did you wash your hands? Did you wash your hands? Lifestyle. Lifestyle. Let me hurry on. The issue that I'm trying to summarize is the issue of faith. Everybody say faithfulness. Everybody say it again, faithfulness. Now, when I was growing up in church, faithfulness was a regular term. We were told to serve God, you gotta be faithful. And there was a connection. This was before we had church celebrities. You know, church celebrities can make guest appearances. You ain't seen them in weeks, and they jump up grabbing mics. Come on, somebody. Want to say this, want to say that. Want to? Back in the old school, they said, we don't know where you've been <laughs> and what you've been picking up. Come on, see, 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 see. Wanda remembers, Wanda remembers. Back then, you couldn't just walk in there and grab a mic. Say, I got something to say. You ain't got nothing to say. We ain't seen you. We ain't seen you. Sit down. Come on, somebody. And let's figure out what you've been doing. Faithfulness. But it was more, and I've discovered this, and I want to make sure you get this. It is more than just a redundancy of coming to a building. Faithfulness is are you reliable? Can the Lord trust you? When I first got called to preach, I was about I was 9 years old when the Lord told me I was going to preach. And I went to my pastor and I told him I said it's just, I don't know how to handle this. It's really bothering me, but the Lord is calling me to preach. And my pastor was such a wise man. He um, said, well, son, I want you to give me seven days to pray about this and then come back and see me. Seven days later, I'm back at his office. And he said, okay, you've been called to preach. Here is your first assignment. Here's a picture. Put some ice in it and some water in it and bring it to my office every Sunday morning. Now, when the rest of y'all came to me, y'all wanted a date for your trial sermon. And if if I had used the wisdom of my pastor, I would have handed you a picture. Come on, somebody. And said, put some water in it. Because that's why we have preachers we can't trust. Because nobody told them that to serve in the kingdom, you got to be consistent. You got to be reliable. Tell me how in the name of God you got prophetic words today and we can't find you tomorrow. Y'all say, he's slamming. Who he mad at? I ain't mad at nobody, please. I ain't mad with nobody. Nobody. But I need us To become the church of Jesus Christ And not the church of our convenience If God is going to trust Because you know what the Bible says And I have made this mistake as a pastor The Bible says If you are faithful over a few things And I'm going to confess I've made the mistake of putting many things In the hands of people That weren't faithful With the few just my mistake. All over the kingdom we got folk now that we can't trust because nobody made them faithful over the few things. Can you just show up on time? The few things. Can you be trusted to unlock a door? The few things. Can you be trusted to lock the door back? A few things. Can you be trusted to hand a towel? to sweep a floor. I know y'all, I I, I, I don't come to church to sweep. Baby, if you're not willing to serve, you're not qualified to lead.
0: We sincerely hope that you were blessed by this broadcast today. If you desire prayer or want more information about our church, please call us at 336-570-3664. Again, that's 336-570-3664. You can also go to our website for more information about our ministry at www.RefugeTempleNC.com. Again, that's www.RefugeTempleNC.com. Pastor Reginald and Lady Charity Davis and the Refuge Temple family would like to invite you to worship with us whenever you are in the Burlington area. If this ministry has blessed you, please write to us at P.O. Box 3552 burlington nc 27215 that's p.o box 3552 burlington nc 27215 or email us info at refuge temple that's info at refuge temple god bless you and until next time shalom shalom